Trigger warning. Trigger warning. If you do find this not helpful at the moment, don't feel like you have There's to There's any keep... pressure to listen yeah. whatsoever. Know that Georgia and I care about you and that we love you and that we want what's best for you. Yeah. And this podcast is not aiding you in your recovery and your mental state and how your day is going. Please do not feel any pressure or need to listen to it. Yeah, just take care of yourself. Just take care of yourself. Also, Georgia and I are not professionals at all no. when it comes to like we're, We don't have degrees in this. No, we're not. We not. No, <laughs> no, we are just two girls who are recovering from eating disorders themselves, wanting to share our stories and shed some light on some topics that may be harder to talk about. There will also be many resources in our description box. So if there's any point during this episode, any point at all that you feel like that you need that little bit of extra support, no, there's no judgment. There's nothing wrong with you needing that and that feel free to use them and that we support you and that we are so proud of you. Yes. Yeah. Picture me this. I'm here. We eat the fucking food. We eat the fucking food. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to another episode of We Eat the Fucking Food. This is Lauren here, joined by a very special guest. Hi, Winnie. Hi, Winnie. Speak up. I can't hear you. Hi, Winnie. Is wow. that better? Here, yeah. Let me shut the window. Wow. Yes. Such a ruckus going on around you. You didn't set yourself up in the most pristine podcasting (laughs) situation that you could have. I live downtown. It's a nice day. Wind is open. It is a very nice day outside right now. It's currently a Saturday morning and I'm joined by my sister, Caroline. Hi, Caroline. Hi. We're gonna just kind of chit chat about recovery and get her perspective from a sibling today. But before we just before we just jump right into that, um, Caroline, let's catch up. I haven't really talked to you this week. I know we go through stints where we'll talk like all the time and then we won't. I know we'll talk like three times a day and then we literally won't talk for like two weeks. And we went through one of those. But I feel like we've also been trying to talk. Yeah, I'm just insanely busy at night, and I'm like stuff at night. Yeah, yeah, we're just living a very busy life right now. Yeah, I think literally the last time we talked was, um, remember when I called you that one day? <laughs> that was so vague. Yeah, yeah, I do remember. You know what I'm talking about. I think so. Oh, yes, yes, I do. I remember now. I remember now. I recall that situation. <laughs> that I think actually is the last time that we talked. And that was like a week. It is the last time we talked. I know it is. Wow. Well, all right. So let's catch up. Caroline, what's been the high of your week this week? High of my week. I'm going to go with the weather today. <laughs> I think. Well, that hasn't actually like happened yet. And can you, you start? That can still be the high of your of your week. Okay, yeah, weather's making your week. Yeah, I do. My high of my week is today because I have no plans. I don't have to. I don't have to work. I have like some homework to do, but I think I'm gonna do it outside. It's gonna be like 73. It's sunny. I might whip out the hammock, and it's gonna be a good day. That sounds like an absolutely lovely day. Thank Big you. outdoorsy girl. Big outdoorsy girl. Oh, huge. Oh, huge. Humongo. <laughs> the high of my week would probably be that my career is going in a glowing right now. Yeah, we haven't even talked about that really. No, I really just sent you a text message about it last night. So uh, to update the podcast, I have a job offer to be a like talent manager slash agent in the city. And that is my dream job. And I gave myself literally this year, I was like, okay, I'll move to the city and I'll try to get as many connections in this field as I can. But 
knowing I was like, it may be hard to like kind of break into. And I've been here for four months and I'm kind of have done everything that I thought I would do within a year. So now I'm like, now what? But five goals. What? You're back from gray yet or no? Um, yeah, I have an interview on Tuesday. Ooh, yeah. So I have maybe two options. I have an offer for one for sure, and I'm in interviews for a different position, but I am excited nonetheless because I got to quit my other job, which wasn't serving my mental health in the best way possible. So yeah, those are probably the highs of my week. What? You didn't tell me that you were quitting that job. I just saw you posted a TikTok about it. Yeah. I- <laughs> <laughs> it was actually pretty for the moment. It was called Monday night. I was talking to one of my friends and he had just quit his job. And I was like, you want to know what? I'm going to quit my job too. I was like, I don't need this. What? Did you quit on Tuesday? Yeah. Oh, wow. You really just decided. Did you do it like a two weeks notice or were you? Yeah. Just like- yeah. So like I have work, um, I'm working two shifts next week, but good. And then other than that, I will be done. Donezo. Whoop, whoop. Carol, mm-hmm. what's been the low of your week? The low of my week is going to be, I really don't like one of my professors. Um, She just doesn't do it for me. I think that I don't like her teaching styles. I don't like, I just, I don't like her and going to her class upsets me. Okay. I like how the low of your week is just, you're like, I don't like this person. The I low don't. of my week is just, <laughs> this one teacher just sucks. I had a good week. I can't really complain about much besides her. Well, and if she's into this, she knows who she is. She's not. Yeah. Caroline's teacher, <laughs> if you're listening right now. No, exactly. At you. This is, not a, this is not a subtle blow or a... Yeah. A we have beef. She doesn't like me either. Ooh. She like looms over me because she knows that I... Despiser. Not the best student in that class. Oof, what class is it? We had, well, what if she is listening? Odds that your teacher <laughs> listens to this podcast are slim to none, Carol. Okay, but <laughs> she's um she's my SEIP teacher. Uh-huh. I have so, no idea what that means. Special education inclusive practices. Oh, yes, yes. They just, she like cold calls on people which we're literally learn we learn in like all of our other education classes that like you just shouldn't do that. You know? Like just don't do that. There's just no point. And then I don't like her teaching methods. We had an exam the other week and I'm literally in a class about how to write exams and her exam was not up to the standards of what we were supposed to do. She's slacking. She's she's yeah. school teaching slacking. Yeah. I didn't do good on the exam either. <laughs> That's actually why you're bitter about it. It's not that you wrote the exam, maybe that wasn't like end all, you know, but I also didn't study. So it was kind of my fault too. It's a little bit. You said you're low the week. I'm over elaborating. Let's move on. (laughs) The low of my week would probably be that I am just hitting this point of exhaustion. I'm just so tired. I have had so many late nights this week because the show that I'm in, we're in tech. We have our first preview tonight. Wow, so exciting. But that all in all is also causing me some anxiety. But it's anxiety that's like out of my control. And I think that's been one of the hardest things for me to really like grapple with. And this is kind of going to bleed over into my something that went well recovery wise this week for me. But that I can recognize that like I have this anxiety, but it's like anxiety from external things that I have no ability to either end or to fix or any like that. So 
I'm sitting here trying to like really reframe it being like, well, sure, I can be anxious about it and I can recognize that I'm feeling these emotions, but because these things that are causing it are out of my power and out of my ability to change it, I don't need to be feeling this anxiety, but I still feel the anxiety, which is frustrating nonetheless. I think I've just been like so frustrated this week and that that's been my low. But one of recovery wise was recognizing the fact that those, the, the emotions that I'm feeling are being caused by things that are out of my control. So not looking at myself in a, like a harsh negative way of being like, well, like if you could just fix this or like, oh, like I'm allowing myself to feel this crappy and like take these emotions coming from others or emotions coming from external things and allowing them to really impact the way that I'm feeling this week and maybe or maybe not like trigger me and such. But I've been doing that opposite action to those feelings. So good. Yeah. Yay me. Be kind to yourself. Yeah. You got you got to show yourself love and kindness. I missed group therapy yesterday because I was too hungover. And you know what? You have to be kind to yourself about that kind of stuff. <laughs> you have to be kind to yourself about missing group therapy because <laughs> you're hungover. You know, I am. Said, I'm taking care of myself mentally in a different way. And like my car was like parked by the bars. So I my hands were tied. Mm-hmm. I was really wasn't. in a tough situation. You put yourself. I wasn't, wasn't going to make it. In a hard place. Yeah. Yeah. What's well, been going well? I obviously not recovery wise for like you, but like through your mental health journey, what's been going well this week in it? Well, it's been going well. Um, I think so. My biggest struggle is health anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I've been able to more so like pinpoint what's causing it. And that can help to kind of like chill me out. Like yesterday, for example, the skin between my nose and my lip was like, really hurt it or like I don't know it was like kind of numb and like just like felt really funny and I was freaking out as I do and then I like pretty quickly I was able to like sit and be like okay what could this have been I was wearing a fake mustache the whole night the night before and I'm allergic to adhesive so that is what caused that (laughs) um (laughs) way to put two and two together way to put two and two together And then, like, as soon as I remembered that, I was like, okay, I'm fine. Like, it's stuff like that. Yeah. And, like, the other week, I thought I was having a stroke, um, but I was just getting a migraine. Mm-hmm. And it's so, like, my vision was kind of going funky. Um, and then I called dad and told him that I was having a stroke. And then we figured out I was having a migraine and I, my anxiety went away. Wow. So I, that's what's going well for me is trying to, is being able to get that cause and effect going. Yeah. That's huge because I feel like that's it's yeah. easy to spiral within those like thoughts, but for you to oh, recognize yeah. it at like the beginning of the spiral instead of allowing yourself to go into like the depth depths of it. Yeah. Money moosey. Honestly, it's mostly because I just I don't have time to get into the spiral. I'm really busy. <laughs> I, I don't have time to really handle that's how okay. Honestly, that's kind of how I feel right now too. Whenever <laughs> right. I have like eating disorder thoughts come up or whenever I'm like feeling really anxious, I'm like, I just don't like I'm I can like, like feel myself I'm like I need to cry I was like all I literally want to do right now is just like yeah. stop but I'm like I don't have time my schedule does not permit me to like sit and yeah. really feel these like you're like looking through your schedule you're like I cannot squeeze this in anywhere like it's <laughs> not gonna be a thing that I can do today and then all of a sudden it comes out when you're like sitting yeah. with a group of people and you're like well, maybe I shouldn't be crying yeah. right now. well you know you know that's life tears are acceptable everybody cries yeah everybody cries so the main thing in this episode, so fun fact, we tried to film this episode, film, we tried to record this episode, was it, was it 2021? Like the summer of it? Um, 
I was living in my last house. Yeah, it was summer of 2021 is when we tried to record this episode. <laughs> Caroline's audio was wonky wonk. So if our audio is wonky wonk again, sorry, but this one is going up. Um, But <laughs> this episode is kind of along the same lines of the one that I had um, recorded with Lauren and Sedona, where just getting the perspective from a loved one within my own recovery and how it has affected them, their relationship with food, their relationship with themselves and whatever thoughts that they may have around it. Because I feel like that we as individuals who may have struggled with eating disorders or disordered eating and seek treatment and have had that setting to really talk about it and to work through it and work through like those emotions, our loved ones who the disorders also do affect don't really have an outlet or a place to talk about how their experiences or what their experiences were within the timeline of a disorder or someone's struggle to recover as well. So we're just going to kind of, I'm going to interview Caroline about (laughs) it all. So we didn't even really introduce like who you were. I'm her sister. Yeah. Caroline's my sister. She's currently in her senior year at college. Her cat just came to join us, which is absolutely (laughs) lovely. Oh, nice. But yeah, so Caroline has at this point right now, one of the healthiest relationships with food or Caroline's relationship with food was one that I really used to base my recovery off of and her ability to really just like eat intuitively and such. It did at times cause me like an insane amount of jealousy or of anger too at points because she does have the relationship with food where she can make the choices to eat later in the day and have it not be because of the fact that she's like restricting or is able to eat maybe like not as big of a meal at like one time or not. I don't know, like stuff like that, where I just was very jealous and envious of her relationship with food and her freedom within it and how external people did not view her behaviors as like ever disordered. Whereas I could immediately would just like view them as disordered because in my mind they were. Anywho, that was just a little pretense of Caroline. Do you want to kind of talk about your just like relationship with food in general to like start us off? Um, yeah, I, oh gosh. I know it's kind of complicated because like if you, I'm like, you can go obviously share as much as you're comfortable with. Like you don't have to really dive into. Yeah. So it's a safe space. Thanks. (laughs) I was, um, I was a competitive swimmer growing up. And so when you're swimming, like you're working out a lot, you're burning a lot of calories. So you got to replenish those. And I always did. And then when I was probably, how old do you think I was? 15, 16? Yeah. 15 or 16. I think I like really started to become super aware of like my body compared to other people's that were my age. And like, I was very built, like I was very strong. Um, and I didn't like that, that I wasn't like as small as other people I'm also 5'8 so like I'm just a powerhouse basically (laughs) um and I had like a little phase I guess I don't know what would you call it (laughs) phase you struggled with you struggled with purging purging. yeah yeah say that yeah it doesn't have to be a phase you just struggled with purging at a time yeah for like not very long um And then I stopped. It was never like a, I don't know. Like it wasn't ever like an addiction for me. Like it it just wasn't hard to stop, I guess. Um, I never went to therapy. 
my parents knew lauren knew lauren was mad it pissed me off it literally pissed me off fine i will insert the story right here so this is what happened so this is how i figured out so this is deets i'm giving deets at our cabin and i was in bed i was just dumb for the day and carol and her pals were partaking in some activities and one of her best friend came into the room and was like, Lauren, I need to tell you this. So <laughs> Caroline has been like purging and it's been going on for like a while. And I was like, okay. And it made me like, I was upset, whatever. This is like also, let me preface it. This was pre me getting diagnosed with an eating disorder. Yeah. So like I didn't have the awareness, the language or anything like that. Um, but I remember being like, okay, like I didn't really think much about it at the time, to be honest. And then I made me mad because mom and dad like didn't know or that you weren't going to tell them. And I was like, you need to tell them that you're doing this. I know that I was concerned. I'm not saying like I didn't care, obviously, about your like well-being. But yeah, it was like we never really had a conversation about it. She never saw anybody about it. I mean, obviously, it wasn't something that it obviously impacted your life and I'm not trying to minimize your struggles or anything, but like you were able to minimize them. It's okay. I'm not going to minimize your struggles. Not even <laughs> struggles, but like you were able to see the negative effects of it and then recover in an outside setting without really seeking much. Yeah. I also feel like once I kind of like stepped back, I w- and I was like, what am I doing? Like, I don't know. Like, it just was never something that it was super thought out or like, I don't know. Like, I feel like for me, it was just like, oh, this is a quick fix. Like, whatever, who cares? And then like once, you and mom and dad knew. And then like, I like, like I said, like I just stepped back and I was like, this isn't my thing. Like, this is like, like I'm, I'm an athlete, man. This is not for me. And then I literally just stopped. Like, I don't know. Yeah. That sounds so I feel like it almost like, I don't know. It almost feels like it never was an eating disorder. Like mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. Cause it wasn't hard to stop. I literally just stopped. Yeah. And then like never thought about it again. <laughs> yeah. It is interesting. And I think that's where like my jealousy, like so much like strung or like came from because the fact that you did struggle with it, even if it was only for a little bit and wasn't that hard of of a thing for you to stop that you never had to go seek treatment. Mom and dad were never on your ass about it. Mom and dad, like never once even knowing your history with like your body and everything like that, never once questioned your behaviors with food in the future or anything like that. And I, really took that almost like personally on my own recovery too. I was like, well, Caroline had an eating disorder or struggled too. Like, why didn't she get the same amount of like treatment or the same amount of attention that like I did with my struggles? And like, why is there so much more pressure on like my disorder and such? I mean, obviously your disorder did not end up with you needing to spend time three months away from your family in a residential house in Chicago. Like they're not to say that they're and that this is making it sound like eating disorders are like competitive and that there's like different like levels to it. Everybody and anybody, regardless of where you're at, deserves treatment. Preface that. But like severity wise, like, yes, mine was more debilitating in my ability just to function versus how yours was at the time. Yeah. But I viewed it as something that was like, this is just like not fair. Like this is like this is stupid. Like mine isn't that bad because I was unable to recognize the harm that I was doing to myself and where the place that I was actually at within my disorder and within my recovery and just really compared it to like yours and it felt so envious that you were able to almost get away with the behaviors and then have in my mind again at this time you and your relationship food like days that you would go 
in the morning without eating until like 3 p.m. I'd be like, she's restricting. Like, this is disordered. Like, that's not fair. That like, I can't, I'm not able to do that. But she is like, that does make sense. Knowing her history with food. And I just was extremely, extremely jealous and like mad about that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I don't know. Like, I get that. Yeah. I think that probably where like the discrepancy with mom and dad came in is like, I like they could see us both. Mm-hmm. all the time with our eating patterns and like we're able to see like a very distinct difference between you know? like intention and between yeah yeah and even like between like portion size and like what we were eating mm-hmm. or like if I wouldn't eat till three yeah that's fine but like that wouldn't like then when I would eat I'd eat half of a pizza you know Whereas if you weren't eating until three, you would eat like a bowl of like wilted spinach or like veggies. You know what I mean? Some facts are being said. Yeah. But I also, yeah, yeah. So I think that's where a lot of that came in too. Where their thought pattern around it came in. Yeah. Like it was, it was more obvious that I wasn't not eating because I didn't want the calories. Like I was not eating because I wasn't hungry. Yeah. 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 Sorry to, we just inserted that story in the middle of you talking about yeah. food. <laughs> All right. So post Caroline has stopped purging and now Stop. we're at, and you going to college basically. Yeah. Um, I stopped swimming the summer before I went to college. Um, and I think there was a big shift in my eating then too, where I obviously wasn't working out anymore. I was also having a lot of anxiety at the time because I dropped out of college a month before it was supposed to start with no backup plan. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. That was fun. Um, so I do recall definitely struggling with eating that summer, but that was an anxiety mm-hmm. thing for me. Um, and then since I've got to college, yeah, my, I do have weird eating patterns. I'll be the first to admit that, but it's just, I'm busy and yeah, I don't know. I don't, think very much about food, I guess. So I don't really know what else to say. (laughs) No, no, that's all. I just wanted you to kind of give a baseline for the listeners who may not know you and I know your relationship with food and where you're coming from with these answers of these questions and such. There I am. Yeah, you are. And that's just Caroline. All right. Um, I'm curious, what's your first memory of me like struggling with food or do you like remember when I was originally diagnosed? Yeah, I remember when you were diagnosed, you were a freshman in college. I was a sophomore sophomore so I was a senior mm-hmm. I remember I was sitting in your seat at the kitchen table when I found out <laughs> did mom and dad like sit you down to tell you no I was just sitting there oh and I think you told me over the phone oh really I think you were facetiming me I don't know I only remember that I was sitting in your seat at the table yeah my seat was the no, one that was facing my dad. seat was the one that was facing the um back window that we had so that I could yeah the porch of the window so I basically <laughs> just stare at myself while eating all my meals maybe that would have been Maybe that should have been a free little thing. That, like, I'm, have yeah. and I'm watching myself eat every single meal. Yeah, that is weird. Red flag. Um, yeah, I remember sitting there and dad, dad told was you? like, Yeah, dad was like, Your sister got diagnosed with anorexia today. <laughs> I was like, Okay. <laughs> um, that's how that happened. The casualness of it. And I honestly didn't think anything of it. Like, I was just like, Yeah. You know, I don't know. Cause well, I hadn't lived with you in a year, over a year. Mm-hmm. Cause you were in college. 
Um, so I just didn't like see you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I honestly like when when I first found out, I literally did not think anything of it. Like I was just like, OK, this is just like a fun little thing that we'll do for a minute, I guess. Kind of like did you because your experience yeah. with like suffering from disordered eating or eating disorder, you were just like, oh, this is just going to be like a little like. Yeah. In Lauren's life, too. Definitely. That's definitely what influenced that for yeah. me. Yeah. What was your awareness of or knowledge of like eating disorders before I was diagnosed? Not much. Maybe that one movie with uh, Lily Rose Depp. Uh, to the bone. Yeah, that was probably mm. it for me, honestly. Yeah. I don't think I... I get all my knowledge from a Netflix <laughs> movie. Um, yeah, that was kind of it. I guess just like, I mean, I knew what an eating disorder was, but boy, did I not know the ugliness of it. Mm-hmm. I won't get into that. Um, what do you think was the hardest part about me having an eating disorder like having a sister with an eating disorder the entire time like just overall yeah what do you, like yeah what do you think the, um, the number one thing when you're like what was the I think that you how do I phrase how do I word this <laughs> you like lost your personality mm-hmm. where like I remember for months I was probably a freshman in college during this maybe a sophomore in college where you would call me every single day and you would ask me what I ate. You'd ask me every single thing that I ate. And that was the bulk of most of our conversations. And honestly, I don't think I've ever told you this before. I would lie to you. I would just make shit up. Like there'd be days where you'd call me and like all I would have eaten was like three chicken tenders and like six packs of fruit snacks. And I would just start making shit up. Like I'd be like, so for breakfast, I had three toaster waffles. And then for lunch, I had like pasta and salad. And I'm not lying. I would literally make shit up all the time. Because I was like, if I tell yeah. her all I eat today was chicken tenders and half a box of fruit snacks. I'm going to like, that you freak. Yeah. Did you do this when I was in treatment or did you do this like when I before? Like, I did it every time. Are you serious? Every single time you asked. Yes. When I was in treatment? Yes. That's so funny because you want to know what I would do? Do you want to know what I would do? I would go out to the lobby after we would have our like... You would fucking tell everybody. And I would. I would tell everybody. And I would be like, my sister has such a healthy (laughs) relationship with food. Listen to what she ate. If she can do it, guys, we can do it. You were like our motivation (laughs) in our milieu for like a month. If anybody... Now come to find out that we are... I am so sorry. Wow. What? Wow. Yeah, I'm sorry. If anybody's listening, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I was just trying to help you guys. <laughs> that's yeah. Fair. Sorry. No, that's fine. You did what you had to do. Yeah. But no, yeah, I do feel like it definitely, it obviously my eating disorder took away a large part of my personality. And I really, I feel like I've been realizing that even more like now, like I was talking to mom about it the other weekend when she came here. That, like I finally feel yeah. like I'm like refinding like myself almost and like finding that like motivation and that drive that like I had when I was in like high school and before the eating disorder and such. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I like, I think for probably over a year, honestly, every single one of our conversations, we would talk about food. And I remember mm-hmm. one time I was on the phone with you and I was driving and we were talking about food. You might've been in res at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
But I said something where I was like, can we have a conversation that doesn't involve food? And like, kind of like called it out. And I was like, I feel like every time we talk, it's about food. And you were like, oh, okay. And then we just didn't have anything else to talk about. Yeah. Because like, was, I could tell that like the- completely shut down. And like, I was like, like, I can't, I don't know. Like, you don't know anything about my life. All you know is what I'm, I'm pretending that I'm eating every day. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was because it was so hard. Because it's like, it was the only thing I could think about. It was like the only yeah. thing I could talk about because this is the only thing I could think about was like food and was, I felt like a need, a need to know what other people were eating and like what other people are eating during the day just to try to calm my own anxiety about what I had eaten during the day. Yeah. Yeah. So like I couldn't give anything else to a conversation because my thoughts were so occupied by just either the consumption of food, the thought of food, the thought of the consumption of food. Like that's legitimately the only thing that was in my head. And I feel like by you being like, can we talk about something other than that? It was kind of like, I can't like I literally like I probably felt like offended and upset about it because I didn't even realize my obsession with talking about food. I mean, obviously, I can be aware that like that was a very like key point in my conversations with people, but like that it wasn't the only and sole thing I could talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that was also when you were in res, that was a, a tough time for me. I was taking um that search lane. You remember that when I yeah. had just like that super bad reaction to it. Mm-hmm. And I, and I literally had no clue anything that was happening to you. No, nothing. I knew absolutely like, nothing. Yeah. Like I couldn't talk to you about it. And like, I could, it was hard to talk to mom and dad about it too, because I like, obviously it's tough on your family when, you know, your sister's in rehab and you can't talk to her. I loved it. Caroline, when I was in res changed my bio to, sorry, I can't talk. I'm in rehab. Which I did. Um, but yeah, that was hard. I felt like I, I needed a sister. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of times where like, like I needed my sister. I know. And I remember you after the fact that like figuring out that you had been struggling and going through these things, the amount of disappointment I had on myself and how upset I was myself that like, I wasn't able to support you through that because you had been yeah. such a great support in my own recovery and like literally having no knowledge that any of this was happening to you. Yeah. Is I something like that- I should clarify. I was taking anxiety medication and had really bad side effects. Yeah. Um, like paranoia and like psychosis. <laughs> yeah. So talking about basically, obviously how I wasn't able to like be there and support you like throughout that, how else do you think that my disorder got in the way of like our relationship? Um, See, we should have sent me these questions beforehand so I could. These are the exact same. These are the exact same questions I asked you a year ago. (laughs) These are. I'm literally reading the exact same questions I asked you a year. ago. I know, and I knew you were going to do this, but I just feel like my wording is bad. That's like it's like need a second man. Just speak your truth. (laughs) Just speak your truth. Your truth. Air eat up. I need just like to think about how I want to word it. Because like I know in my head, I know where it's going to end, but I don't know how to start it. Okay. Um, I think it really put, how do I fucking word this? Cut this out. (laughs) Um, We're leaving it all in. Let's leave it all in. Leave this struggle in. Okay. I'm trying to find any words. Just go in a thought dump. Share your thoughts. So you would tell me, this is before you went to res. This is, I don't know. I don't think I was in college at this point. I think I was still in high school. I could be wrong. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I you know, know, I was in college. I, know. I was a freshman in college when this happened. You would tell me like super disordered things that you were doing. And I would tell mom and dad and they would like talk to you about it and you would get so mad at me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd be like, I can't believe that you would tell them. Like I trusted you. I told you that like incompetence and like, I can never tell you anything now. Like I just wanted to confide in someone and I thought I should be able to confide in you, but like clearly I can't trust you. Like basically stuff like that. And then <clears throat> for me, it's like, what was I supposed to do? You know, like you're telling me these really harmful things that you're inflicting on yourself. Yeah. Like I, really, I, I put you in like such a hard place between like yeah. mom and dad and like me and you, like I would tell you about all the like, I would tell you things that I was like, I can't tell my therapist because I know if I tell people like this, I'm going to get in trouble. Type yeah. Like I'm 18. I've, I don't have much experience with like eating disorder. I don't have really any experience with dealing with like the mental side of eating disorders. So it's like, what am I supposed to do? So mm-hmm. obviously I would tell mom and dad, uh, um, and I would do the same thing again, but then I felt like it was hard then because you then would stop telling me things and I'm like, okay, well, I know she's still doing this and yeah. she's just not telling anybody. So then it was almost like, maybe I just shouldn't tell mom and dad just so like at least someone's aware. Yeah. You know, like super hard spot to be in. Yeah. I was like, so I just like have such a strong memory of like when we were moving me back into, was we were moving yeah back into college yeah. for me after I'd been to PHP. Yeah, I had gotten I basically like I don't and I don't want to say it because I don't want to like give anybody ideas of like what they should do if they're listening to this and they're in a position where they need to weight restore. So I was still supposed to be actively weight restoring, but I had no intention. Again, I've said so many times before I went to PHP to become a functioning anorexic. I had no intention to recover. So I was trying to think of all the ways that I could slime my way through recovery and have people not be worrying about me. And one of those things was my weight. So I was impacting to get back to school um you had to be a certain weight yeah was not the agreement yeah to be able to go back to school my parents set a certain weight for me to maintain and stay at and I couldn't go anything below that otherwise I'd be pulled back from school and going back home and into treatment so I had this number in mind that like I had to weigh so I would manipulate my weight by doing certain things to get the weight to be higher than it actually was and Caroline found what I had been like doing and using to do this. And I remember I originally lied about it. I was like, Oh no, that's for this. And it was so obvious. Like why else would I, it was literally what I, the lie I said and told made absolute no sense. But I was like, she can't know, like I can't get in trouble for this because she's going to tell mom and dad. Because I think in the past we'd already had this kind of friction within our relationship when it came to, my disorder and the things that I was doing in you talking with mom and dad about it. And it's like, I look back and I think I'm like, what was I expecting you to do? Like, I didn't tell mom and dad. I know you didn't tell mom and dad that time because you took it from me. That's what you did. Yeah. But like in other situations, looking back, I would have made a different judgment call there. Would you have told mom and dad different judgment call? Absolutely. Well, because think about the events that followed. Yeah, you're right. The events that followed was (laughs) I relapsed and I went into yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, that, that one event wasn't the reason why the whole entire thing happened. But I, uh, I don't know. No, go. I think I carry a lot of guilt with that. 
Really? We're like, yeah, because I'm like, if I would have told mom and dad, you would have gotten pulled out of college. You would have hated me for a while. And then I would have forced you to go back to treatment. And then it's a toss up because it's like, if you would have gone back into treatment then and there, you know, you were still, like you said, you were there to be a functioning anorexic. Yeah. Like, even if you had been forced to go back to treatment right then, would it have done anything? No, I don't think you would have. For when it, I guess, naturally came. I don't know. Naturally, the time arrives. No, (laughs) I'm a firm believer. I'm a, I'm a very firm believer in that you have to want treatment yourself. Like you can't, even if you're in and have the privilege of going to a facility in a treatment place where you are receiving that professional help. If you don't want to recover yourself and you're getting like a forced upon recovery, it's just, not going to be sustainable. You're going, odds are you, I mean, you can find your reasons within recovery in that setting. Sure. I'm not saying that you have to go there with the intention of wanting to, but it definitely, I think will impact what you're getting out of that treatment experience, your mentality around it and your desire and your want to recover. And I definitely know at that time, if I would have went back into treatment, I think I would have been felt with even or filled with even more like range and resentment even towards you and mom and dad, where all that would have done would drive even more of a wedge that the eating disorder had already driven between our family's like dynamic and ability to communicate. Yeah. So I think that my timeline as, and it's hard because I'm also, my timeline happened the way that it did. I mean, obviously I wish that I didn't struggle for the length of time that I did. And I wish that I was able to have recovered faster, came to these realizations and being the place that I am now at a previous time. But I feel like all the events that happened in my life surrounding my eating disorder, like I can look back and find at least some sort of gratitude within them and know that there were lessons that I needed to learn at those specific times. And I know that if I would have went in earlier, then I wouldn't have learned said lessons. I wouldn't have this mindset and this ideas that I have around recovery now. And I feel like going back to the guilt thing, I feel like I hold guilt because I wasn't able to support you during the time when you were struggling so much, like with your psychoses and everything. (laughs) What? My psychoses. Did I say that wrong? Or I don't know. After the fact that you had psychoses. What? It's just funny funny that that happened. I mean, it it was a sad time of my life. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't wasn't a good time of your life. And I wasn't there literally at all. At least you were there to an extent trying to support me. Well, maybe sure. Maybe your support wasn't received to the best on my end at times, or maybe you wish you could have supported me in a different way. You at least were there and able to be present within those moments. I wasn't able to be at all. I, again, I had no knowledge until like months after the events. Yeah. Because I was so, I, the only thing I could focus on at the time was my recovery and was my eating disorder and was where I was at. And all we would talk about was food because that's where I was at. So I've hold some sort of sadness that wasn't able to be there for you yeah. during that moment. It's okay. I feel like our disorder too, um, our disorder, I feel like my disorder too, when like thinking about it, I think about one of the times that sticks out the most in my head regarding our relationship and regarding my eating disorder was during the summer of 2020 when it was, was me just living at home. What? Yeah. I was just about to bring up that summer. Bring it up. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, do you remember it? Yeah, I do remember <laughs> it. I, <laughs> I do. That summer. So yeah. our parents were, were, were they at the cabin? Yes. Yeah. So our parents were at our cabin and Carol and I were just like living alone at our house during COVID. This is the time when I had COVID, but 
Um, I feel like it was such a weird time because <laughs> it was. It was so. I mean, COVID itself was like weird to begin with, but our dynamic was like so strange. So, I mean, ob- it's obviously the fact I smoke. I smoke weed, and yeah. during that time, we was, I smoked a decent amount of weed. And that was the only way I could get myself to eat would be if we were high. And I would have to be eating with Caroline too. I hated eating like alone. So I had to be eating with someone else. And I would often find myself like Caroline and her friends would come over and I would like make them food pretty much. Yeah. Honestly, that was a dream. Like (laughs) you're like, actually, that was a great time. because I mean, we're high off our asses. We're sitting on the couch and you're like a chef whipping up things in the kitchen. But yeah, they were well, all things that I wouldn't allow myself to eat. Like I would like make you and Grace like these amazing like meals or like yeah. fun like snacks that I would wish I could eat, but I just wouldn't allow myself to. Yeah. So I was like living vicariously almost through you and your friends that summer and like your all relationship with food. Yeah. <clears throat> um. I also, that was the summer between my freshman and sophomore year of college. And. Sorry. Sleepy girl. Karen's a, um, a sleepy little. Hunk. I moved the laying down also. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was the summer between my freshman and sophomore year of college. And I had a house up here with three of my friends. Um, and our lease started in May or June. But I felt like I couldn't go live with them because then you would be alone. And so, like, it was kind of up to me to, like, for lack of better words, babysit you all summer and make sure that, like, you were eating. Yeah. So. It's it's so weird because, like, I have such fond memories of that summer. Like, that one time that we did, like, that massive, like, big breakfast, like, thing and oh, we just yeah. like lay we literally lay out like spreads of food in our living yeah. room on like our like coffee table and we just like sit and watch netflix yeah like, hours and like yeah. i love those memories but also the fact that those were the circumstances that it was like under that like you basically were almost like my caregiver or caretaker yeah. at like times and then you felt that responsibility responsibility yeah to like take care of me versus like I was coming yeah. from like that. I, I don't like I didn't view it like that. Like I, I know the you fact did. I was still so also I think at the time convinced that it wasn't as bad as like it was or that. I don't know. Um, Like I remember people would like make plans and I would have to like really think about like, OK, the plan like I would have to leave my house at this time and be gone for like whatever six hours or something like that. Like, I don't know that I can be gone for that long because then Warren's not going to eat dinner. Honestly, yeah, I do remember that, like, anytime that you would go out around, like, in the nighttime and, like, not be with me and, like, hang out with your friends, like, I would be upset. But that was just because I was so isolated because all my friends were in Illinois. Yeah. And I was isolated nonetheless because of my disorder as well. Like, I wasn't going to go out and hang out with my friends because I didn't want to. Yeah, so I felt like... Like, I was not participating in, like, a lot of things that the people I was hanging out with were doing just because, like, I didn't, I couldn't miss a mealtime. Like, I tried not to miss mealtimes with you. Which is very kind of you. Thanks for doing that. No, I, like, literally, I appreciate so much that you, like, done for me, like, within my recovery. And I think the reason why 
have always felt so like able to have these like candid conversations with you about it. And why I went to you so much was because you were one of the only people that would give it to me straight and give it to me blunt at times. Like I remember that the day that I decided that I was going to go into res, I called. (laughs) Are you laughing? Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking that I remember when you called me, I was walking to the food court to go get China Max and I was just so pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) So I called Caroline. So this is what the phone call entailed. I called um, three people. I called Lauren Sedona, which I talked about, and I called Caroline. And Caroline said to me, like, the pivotal point, I think, in my recovery and my wanting to accept help. She was like, you need help. Like, these people are giving you help. Why aren't you just, like, doing... Like, why aren't you getting the help? Like, why? And then that moment, I was like, all right, like, I, I'm... She's right. I'm being stupid about this. I'm not taking this like opportunity, this chance to receive this extreme amount of support that I'm being offered just out of fear from my disorder. Yeah. I like how you were mad and you were going to get Chinese food. I was, but I was yelling at you. Yeah. You were yelling at me. Like I'm walking down the mall and I'm just yelling into my phone. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't think I'm going to go. Like I don't, they had, they say they have a bed for me, but I don't think I'm going to go. Like, I don't really want to. I don't think it's that bad. Like it wasn't bad enough earlier today. Like they they let me leave. What? No, because you called me, you'd called me earlier, like 10 minutes earlier, and you were talking about your appointment that you'd gone to. And you were like, oh, like, this is what they said about my heart. Like, mm-hmm. it's not good. And like, then you were just like, oh, like they're being so dramatic. They want to send an ambulance to the house to take me. Yeah. And I'm not doing that. Like, I'm just, I'm sitting on the couch right now. Yeah. I was just like, you are effing kidding me. I am so done right now. <laughs> Like this is where this is where I've drawn the line. Yeah, you've crossed the line, and, and I was fair, just fair enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like you saying that to me was one of like the was if not the thing that changed my recovery as oh, like a whole. I'm glad I could do that for yeah, you. Yeah. So thank you so much for doing that for me. I really, really anytime, anytime, champ. Last question for you, buddy, or pal. Okay. What advice would you give to someone whose sibling has just been diagnosed with an eating disorder after all this? Oof. Oof. Big question. <laughs> um, I would say. Um, this might sound kind of selfish, but I'm going to say prioritize yourself. Um, I think it was really easy for me to get super caught up and like upset with your eating disorder and Mm -hmm. like spending days just like being on edge and crying and not knowing what to do and being frustrated that there was nothing I could really do. And then that was when I was like super heavily involved. And then once we kind of had like talked about it as a family and we're like, we have to leave Caroline out of this. Mm -hmm. You can tell her like big things that are going on, but day to day, like you have to leave her out of it. I think once that happened, it was like an instant weight was off my shoulders. Cause like everyone's got stuff going on all the time and it's really hard to take on somebody else's eating disorder too. Um, so as hard as, as it is to try to step back, I think that that was the best thing for me and for our relationship. Mm-hmm. To yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah. Also, piece number two, 
if you are in a situation where it's like your sibling or somebody close to you is confiding in you and telling you harmful, disordered things that they're doing, tell other people, like tell someone because as much as they're going to be really mad and like yell at you, it's not them. Like it's their eating disorder. And once you can kind of get through that, they'll be grateful. So like as hard as it is, you just, yeah, you got to keep them safe. Yeah. yeah. I'm grateful even though I was pissed at you. Yeah. Look at us. Telling people. But yeah. Best friends. Now we're, now we're the bestest of friends. Now we have the coolest relationship. Do you think Me I'm, too. do you think I'm really cool now that I'm in recovery and recovered? No, but maybe one day. You might be there someday. Someday I'll get to you that cool hair. I like your hair. Thanks. Your hair's been looking really good lately. Bro, I love my hair so much right now. I On your see. birthday, I talked to like four different people about how much I liked your hair. Oh my God. Thank like you. I'd be like, oh yeah, my sister's birthday was the other day and her hair looked really good. And her hair? Her hair was the star of the okay. show. <laughs> um, this is the first time I'm letting it air dry right now. So I have no clue what it's going to look like. It looks like you got a little curl going on. Those I know. My hair, maybe my hair's, got a little bit of a, my hair's got a little bit of a natural curl to it now. Are those front pieces? Oh no, you had that roller in. Yeah, I had the roller in for the first half of it. They look good. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, so, yeah. Weenie, what are you going to do to take care of yourself today? Now, Because since you said you have your whole day to yourself, what are you going to do? do? I'm going to spend some time outside. Um, either in my hammock or I bought um, a new throw blanket with some citrus fruits on it. So it's really cute. Cute, cute. So, yeah, I'm just going to spend some time outside, spend some time catching some rays and just... Probably disconnect from my phone for a while. Maybe nice. I, I got a book this weekend at the cabin. Fun. Days with Maury. Oh, yes. I Dad made me. <laughs> dad made me read that when we were like in high school. Yeah, Dad made me read it. <laughs> oh, Did yeah, Dad give me, you the book? Did Dad give you the book? Yeah, well, I asked for it. One of my friends um, was talking about how she's been like listening to books. And she just listened to Tuesdays with Maury. And she really liked it. And I was Good like, book. that's so it's weird. It's a short read. It's really easy. It it's really easy. Yeah. It's really short. So sitting at my nightstand right now, I've got some homework to do. So yeah, I'm just going to take my day slow. I'm going to do my thing. Nice. What are you going to do today? Um, I'm going to get coffee. And I'm excited about that because I have an obsession right now with La Colombe coffee. Real, real good. They have the pumpkin spice oat milk draft latte. And I mix that with like the cold brew. And it's so tasty. But I'm going to go into my first preview tonight. And try not to be hard on myself, however it may play out. Because it's a preview. It's not like we're open. We're still basically in rehearsal. So I'm just going to try to show myself kindness today when it comes to that aspect of things. Because I, I've been getting this thing where like literally anytime I walk into the space, like I just, I'm going to get there early because I also know that like I've been getting there way later than I'm intending to. So I have no time to like sit and breathe before like jumping into the show. And the show is like, are you coming to see the show? Um, I think I'm going to try to. Okay. Well, you have a while, so. Well, you know I'm busy. I know you're busy. Not today, but. It's my last, Caroline, this is going to be my last show I'm performing in for like a I while. I feel like you have literally said that so many times. I have, but now it's official because now that if I take. <laughs> now you need it. No, 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 no. I, this is, this is legit now. I'm not kidding now. I know that in high, in college, I was like, this is my last show. But like this, like it, once I accept the, off, the job offer, I'm done. Oh my God. Okay. So. And it's only it's, send me the dates or something, and I can like look. It literally runs from the end of the month on 
Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays until the middle of December. So you have Every all of November. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Jesus. Okay. Yeah, I can. You can swing I'll it. You know you when can I, swing I can maybe swing. Wow. Oh wow. I'll well, let you know when I get my. Speaking oh of, my this is the best support that I've ever received from you. Well, here's the thing. If this goes in the podcast, everyone's gonna think I'm an asshole. We live four hours apart. That's fair. And Caroline, I, the last time Caroline was in Chicago, she freaked out, and I had to come and pick her up. So did I? Yes, when you were here for Lala, that was not the last time I was in Chicago. Yes, it was. Well, I went to North Central. That's <laughs> that's not that's Naperville, yeah. Illinois. People, yeah, to, I was having just, like flame. Uh, people need to flame you right now. God. I was having some unfortunate mental health problems at Lollapalooza, <laughs> and it was on like a Saturday night, and I just got done working at the deli at home, and yeah. I literally drove there with like chicken tenders for her and her roommate. And to rope yeah. them back. And then Caroline forgot to give the keys back. No, to it was Rachel. It was Rachel forgot to give our other roommate that we were there with his car keys back. So we had to turn it around an hour back. And, <laughs> and Caroline was crying, crying in the front seat. Wow. Rachel was sobbing in the back. Was she really? <laughs> that was horrible. Um, but yeah, I work, I live four hours away. I'm in school full time. I work like 25 hours a week. I'm busy. I'm not just not coming because I don't want to. Yeah, I know. But I will go um, once I get my November schedule. Cool. You can come spend the night with me in the city. We can go out. Okay. We can go. I'll take you to a house club. A house club? Well, you just dance. I think you'd really like it. I do love to cut a rug. There we go. That's it then. All right. Well... Sorry for that little tangent where that just went at the end. Yeah, we were folks. making plans. <laughs> but yeah, we we're just making plans. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you need any extra support, know that we have resources in our bio or in our link. And I'm proud of you and I love you. Thanks for listening again. Weenie, thanks for joining me for, for the second time to record this episode. Pleasure is mine. Pleasure is mine. All righty. Well, way to eat that fucking food. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>